Good morning, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and joining me as always, my good friend, Patrick Anderson. How are you? I'm doing great. Yes, yes, good to hear, good to hear. Mm. Been a great, great week, great weekend, and uh, topping off the weekend with a review of this new title of the Creator album, which is uh, exciting to talk about. Uh, one, yeah, super because, excited. Yeah, he's he's a fascinating artist to talk about. One, and then this is our first podcast on just one record in quite some time. That used to be our bread and butter, but we've gone off of that, mm-hmm. and uh, we're returning to just dedicating an entire episode of the podcast to one album. Um, so I'm interested to get your thoughts here. But uh, yeah, let's just get into it, I suppose. Um, Call Me If You Get Lost is the uh, new album from Tyler, the Creator. I'm going to apologize in advance because I've definitely accidentally called this album Call Me By Your Name several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if, if that slips out, just please forgive me. I, uh, I, I'm not referring to the uh, Timmy Chalamet movie nor the uh, uh, Lil Nas X song. That's yeah. me. If I say that, that's me. Um accidentally botching the album title which really helps my credibility when uh, critiquing it so <laughs> um so yeah uh tyler the creator um not really sure i mean i could make this intro super long if i wanted to he's yeah, a uh, right he's like a he's a rapper singer producer director designer actor whatever you want to fashion uh He's doing it all. He, yeah, he really is. He's he's got his hands in everything. Um, he's from California, Ladera Heights, I believe. Uh, Call me if you get lost is his sixth studio album. Uh, it currently has a Metacritic rating of eighty nine out of a hundred. Um, Patrick, I'm interested in your thoughts. One, because mm-hmm. this would be a pretty lame podcast if I didn't care about your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it would be a little little sad if you just <laughs> let me talk without any interest at all in what I'm saying. Just, I'm just giving you the uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, the <laughs> sure, entire time. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the main reason I'm interested in your thoughts is um, Tyler's last album, Igor, was your 2019 album of the year, and... Uh, Maybe you still feel that feel that way. Is that safe to say? About Igor? Yeah, is that still your favorite album from that year? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. Um, so, what did you think of uh, "Call Me by Your Name" slash "Call Me If You Get Lost"? How did you feel about this? Yeah, one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if it, if it was "Call Me by Your Name" too, I don't know which name to call Tyler. <laughs> He's now throwing in like three different. Uh, <laughs> nicknames for himself <laughs> that's a great point yeah <laughs> um that's a stupid joke there but um <laughs> yeah it's comparable for sure i know that a lot of people have been um comparing it to this and flower boy uh or to igor and flower boy um so i, I i'd say it's definitely comparable to igor but uh not as mm. impactful to me quite um, but it's, man, it's got some really, really awesome moments on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think this album is pretty good and I also agree that I think I still prefer Igor, but I wasn't the hugest Igor person of all time either. Mm. Um, 
I think it landed like number twenty or twenty one on my year end yeah. list at the time, which is quite good, but it's not a uh, you know slam dunk album of the year contender for me, and neither is yeah. this one. Um, but well, I'll go more into my thoughts probably on where like while we're talking about this too, but um, but yeah, yeah, no. Um, th- what I liked about this album is. I mean, I like several things about this album, but I guess to start, the first thing that caught my eye, my ear, was um, just the the early 2000s, mid-2000s rap mixtape mm-hmm. feel that this album has. Uh, it has like a slight unprofessional slash amateurish quality to it. It's not pristinely mixed. DJ Drama is yelling yeah. on pretty much every track here. <laughs> He's doing like the gangsta grizzly, like... I was like, this is throwing me back, honestly, to a time that I'm nostalgic for In uh, as a fan of music. Uh, I miss this era of hip-hop so much, this mixtape era, and I'm glad that we're getting it here. I know DJ Drama has been a polarizing aspect of this record, but it works for me, uh, and um, just the, the mixtape quality of this was what immediately separated this album from some of his other work because he always reinvents himself album to album, right? Yeah. Um So going in, I was like, okay, how is this album going to be different than his previous works? And I think for me, that was the main distinction from uh, Call Me If You Get Lost. Yeah, that, I think that I think that's a great point. I, I think that it's a really awesome blend of styles too like the you can hear a lot of the production from igor in the synths Mm -hmm. um and like the grimy um really like harsh synths that are used sometimes um and then also like the storytelling aspects from igor but then also like the more introspective moments and like kind of like uplifting positive moments from like flower boy um and uh, some level of like defense in the production and lyricism on like cherry bomb and things like that the only thing i'm not getting as much of still is um his earlier stuff from goblin or from bastard or odd future stuff like i i think that like him having features on this again um having like multiple features on this uh record is a bit of a callback to it mm-hmm. um and it's and it's really cool and I, i'm not necessarily saying that i want to even like see those like on a tyler record these days like igor is my favorite record from him by far and it's really far departure from goblin and right <laughs> any of the odd future tapes but um yeah i just thought it was I, basically what i'm trying to say is like i thought it was cool the way that he culminated the production styles of all of his records that I think are uh, his some of his best works, um, yeah, on, on this one. And I'm I am curious, like, because you mentioned that the DJ drama works for you, mm-hmm. it works for me too. Nice, but it it works to a point. For <laughs> me. There's a certain point on the album where, it, like, like I'm still enjoying having dj drama on this because his he's got so much charisma like and and tyler's like such a good producer like it igor solidified that for me um Mm -hmm. after yeah igor solidified his producing chops for me 
but this one like just kind of rehammers that nail in i think because there's like there's just so many like more unique and like uh out there ideas that i haven't heard many people be doing and i and i haven't seen him venture into still um and the dj drama choice was one of those product production choices and he pulled it off really really well and it, 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 it's pretty impressive because it could have gone bad really yeah. really fast so <laughs> for sure i'm trying to give him some credit for the amount of times he has dj drama on here um even though <laughs> even though at a certain point i'm like okay like should we <laughs> <laughs> i just i love just i think it's literally every song except for Wilshire and the uh, the interludes, you just get a DJ drama just yelling about anything. And sometimes it's funny. Like sometimes, I, what, what was it? I think he said something like, we're in Geneva, that's in Switzerland or something like that. Yeah, and sorry, I lost you for, for just a second. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> whenever, he's, whenever he's explaining, like, <laughs> he's just talking about what he's doing. He's just like, I'm going to play, we're going to Geneva, that's in Switzerland. <laughs> Oh, like just brought me like uh, uh, I can't remember what he's saying, but he just brought me some uh, water or what, like a, some strawberry or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's like thank you, DJ Drama, much appreciated. Um, I'm glad you brought up the production because once again, on a Tyler record, he handles Tyler himself handles the bulk of the production. I believe he produces every song on here, with the exception of the opening track and the closing track, and. What makes that interesting in this case is, as you suggested, there are quite a few different production styles going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, something like Sweet slash I Thought You Wanted to Dance. That calls more back to his Flower Boy era for me. Um, something like Juggernaut or uh, Lemonhead. I, I guess those are more kind of on the aggressive uh, kind of banger side of that. You know, I wouldn't say they sound like his early Odd Future stuff, but that's cl it's a bit closer to that era Tyler than new era Tyler. Mm -hmm. um, but this is, in a way, all over the place. The, the term all over the place, I guess, sounds pejorative, and it sounds like I'm using that as like an insult when I'm not. But the production does kind of sound all over the place on this record, and um, that mostly works for me. There were only a couple of times where I was jarred by just like wait what uh, uh, where where are we going what you know um but as yeah. i mentioned on the last pod with my squid recommendation i'm all for that uh when done well and i think for the most part uh this album does a pretty good job with uh sequencing those different styles together yeah i i agree too like i'm it does have that mixtape feel to it um yeah. in that regard too so i'm not too mad about the sequencing of it but yeah i mean it, it it does lose some level of impactfulness i think for me maybe it, it might just be personal preference at that point because mm -hmm. i think that i mean there's not really a song on here that i'm like uh eh, not so good um and i generally can find something positive to say about pretty much every single track um it's i think it's just that yeah like from personal preferences like i just usually prefer to have some an album that is a little bit more 
cohesively sequenced and a little bit if it's a little more sporadic i like there to be some level of like conceptualness to it i guess Mm -hmm. uh like the the mixtape um idea and aesthetic is is good like I, i i i do like it but um i think it does have an a specific aesthetic like listening aesthetic to it and i think generally like that's not how I listen to music for my own personal preferences. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. um, we can kind of use that to segue into a discussion on this album's concept itself, because mm-hmm. this this early aughts, mid aughts rap mixtape uh, is a style not known for its concepts. Um, it's Normally, is sort of a, a, a playground atmosphere for rappers to just, um, you know, just spit bars over whatever, you know, not super cohesive or anything. This just flexing their skills and maybe honing their craft a little bit, trying a little something new, um, but not necessarily this huge conceptual work. That's more of quote like an album thing as opposed to a mixtape thing. At least that's how it was at that time. Uh, mixtape has sort of evolved from there, and what even is a mixtape anymore versus what's an album anymore versus what's an EP anymore versus whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when Drake called More Life a playlist. I'm just like, what are we even doing here? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, the concept of this album is something that uh, frustrated me a little bit personally, and I'll get into it, but I'll objectively say i guess kind of what it is uh tyler as you said earlier uh, with the call me by your name the name he chooses on this album for his character is tyler baudelaire um this is a character that he i I suppose for the most part he I, i guess overall this is um a character who he has a lot of money a lot of material possessions you know boats rolls royces all of that uh, but he doesn't have love. He doesn't have a partner. And so he, much of this album is spent kind of bragging and boasting about his successes while at the same time uh, kind of lamenting the fact that all of that kind of means nothing without someone to share it with. Uh, if I'm looking at the song Corso, for example, which is early in the record, mm-hmm. you know, he'll say uh, something like, she says she likes the Royce, and I'm like, well, which one? But he'll also say, you know, I'm about to spend millions just to fill voids up. Uh, My heart's broken. I remember I was so rich, so I bought me some new emotions and a new boat because I'd rather cry in the ocean. So it's the sort of duality. Um, But what did you think about the concept, I guess, before I kind of get into some of my thoughts on it? Yeah, I thought it was... um, I I thought that it was handled pretty well. Um, It's interesting it's interesting to hear somebody with this much wealth and notoriety be so self-aware about the ways that they use it like the reasons behind gaining the wealth and spending their wealth and you know and and you know even though he's like it's like a semi-autobiographical i guess um Mm -hmm concept to this right so um he can he can like extrapolate as much as he wants but it seems to be like pretty reflective of what 
Tyler, the creator, has been saying about his own personal life for a while. Um, so it's interesting to hear all of that. But um, And I do like how self-aware Tyler is about this stuff. And I think that he has, like, he really lays out such good insight on this record um, and in pretty interesting ways, too. But it's, like... It's a concept that doesn't, I don't know, at a certain point I'm kind of like, it, it, it's kind of a, a weak concept, I guess I would yeah. say. You know what I mean? Like, I agree, actually. At a certain point I'd, I'd like a little bit of like growth from this one idea of being wealthy but being lonely, right? Like it's a, I mean, I don't think that necessarily he has to paint this character that's like, super wealthy but then realizes oh my gosh i don't actually want money i want love and then finds love at the end like he doesn't have to paint like a full concept conceptual character like that but it's kind of like this thing of like he's like i he's like i'm i'm rich uh i want somebody to love um and that's about it you know what i mean it's like it's i and i think the reason that i i want that more from this is because on igor that's what i yeah that is the one of the main reasons i love that album so much is because he tackles like the nuances of relationships and um just navigating the complicated nature of like being in love with somebody and but also like having your own ambitions and like he navigates that so well and like with such an interesting perspective on on things like i know that he it's in his you know capability to be a little bit more nuanced with how he's discussing this um so I don't know. It's a bit of a selfish ask, I guess, but it's also like, I mean, he's touching on it on pretty much every single song on here. Mm -hmm. Um, So at a certain point, I'm like, all right, like, come on, man. We know that you can, you, you can talk a little bit more deeply about this. Can we get a little bit of the, you know, and yeah, some songs tackle it a little bit more deeply, but it's not uh, the, 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 I guess wrapping up the the point is um, this is like one issue that I have with the album as a whole is that uh, it does stay very surface level um, for the most part all the way through. And that's fine because the production is so bonkers at certain points um, with these like crazy beat switches and like really well utilized features and stuff, but it doesn't have that same impact um, that I was hoping for, I, I guess. Yeah, this is a, uh, you bring up a good point, one that I've thought about just as I've been listening to this record, you know, as it's an eternal question where as music fans, and for us, when we put on our critic hat once every couple of weeks for this podcast, mm-hmm. um, how much should we use an artist's past greatness to judge a current yeah. work. Um, is it fair to 
you know, critique this concept because I agree, like, as I was listening to this, I too thought, man, Tyler, the creator has a history of concepts that are much more nuanced and explored than what we're getting on this record. Um, but at the same time, you know, how many rappers are even doing concept albums these days? So this is sort of, you know, he gets a little bit of credit for coming out with a concept record that I think, you know, is flawed, but mostly works. But at the same time, I just, I remember listening to even Wolf for the first time and thinking like, mm -hmm. wow, what a concept that was, or Igor, or Flower mm -hmm. Boy, you know? And it's just a little disappointing on that end because I know Tyler is much more capable of putting out fully interesting concepts from front to back. And I agree, I like the aspect of the concept in that um, I love that he's sort of pulling the curtain back on flexing culture as this sort mm -hmm. of, you know, revealing that it's really just a way to hide your insecurities by displaying them in full sight. Um, you know, the sort of Instagram culture, hey, look at all this yeah. money I have. Um, but really, you're not fooling anybody when it comes to insecurity on that end. And so that's something I love that is explored on this record. But I guess what was mostly frustrating for me is that, uh, and some of this is what you said, where it does come up pretty much every single track, um, with the exception of something like Wilshire or Sweet, I Thought You Wanted to Dance, which we can touch on more in mm -hmm. depth maybe a little later. Most of these songs um, are just about the flexing aspect, I would mm -hmm. say. Uh, it's just about Tyler bragging about his success and about his wealth. And if you didn't tell me that this was part of a concept album, you know, I just kind of thought it would be sort of a generic topic for a hip-hop song. And so now I'm thinking, like, I don't know, are Jay-Z's albums concept albums, if I just say they are, and Jay-Z is playing a character that's super obsessed with his own wealth yeah. and success, you know what I mean? Like, the, the content really isn't that inventive for a, a hip-hop album, but if we call it a concept album, yeah. then now, now it has, like, this level of artistry to it for some reason. And, and that's kind of ultimately what was the most frustrating for me. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There's like a level of like there's a level of forgiveness that people are willing to give if uh, if you just if you're just like oh well, there's a character in this. Exact. That's exactly the point. Yeah. 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 That's that. That is a really good point because there is a character in um, in something like Igor um, the whole way throughout, but you know that there's a character in there. Like, on this one, it's like, I I don't know that there's a character on this other than, like, the fact that he's just calling himself Tyler Baudelaire. Right. Bunny Hop, or, you know. Right. Like, all, all these new nicknames. Like, which I think is fine. Like, I, I think sure. it's, I, I think it's kind of, I, I also love, like, his nicknames that he makes for himself. I think they're just cool. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm really trying to just take this as a, like, just a, just, yeah, just a straight up mixtape hip hop project and yeah. has some elements of like, um, 
some elements of like conceptual like meta commentary to it i guess but like not not so significant to the point where i'm like okay this needs to be talked about in like you know yeah a whole reddit essay or <laughs> right. like yeah i uh I, I think that ultimately the the concept sort of fails if you look at it from the lens of if this wasn't a concept album would you really lose anything of significance you know and you know i, I don't necessarily know that i think you could have just released this yeah. as a regular 16 song album and you know, as it as is, and it would have been pretty much the same. Yeah, and, yeah. And I do want to clarify, in case I wasn't clear, uh, I'm not against flexing as a topic in hip hop in general. Uh, mm-hmm. I just pointed out Jay Z, and I believe I've said this on the podcast recently, but I love his music in part because I think he finds creative ways to flex and flaunt his mm-hmm. success. Um, but ultimately, I think it just kind of gets beaten into the ground, um, song after song after song. Then we have an interlude, Blessed, which is a non-musical interlude of him just talking about his success. And I appreciate the sort of grateful, thankful tone of this interlude, but it, it, I don't know. It's not, it's not really adding anything that we haven't gotten on the previous 10 tracks. Um, and yeah. one one other nitpick I wanted to say regarding this whole flexing thing is on the song uh, Massa, it's always a bummer to hear rich people complaining about how much they get taxed. Uh, that That's always going to be a bummer for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something about, you know, eight figures in taxes, that's stupid. The taxes don't even go anywhere, you know, and like, I don't know that he's yeah. making a point with that, but I think that's just kind of a way to deflect um the thing that like I'm supposed to feel sorry for him because he pays a lot in taxes or whatever, which I don't. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's well that song too. He's got like a another line on that where it's like, um, yeah, I paint full pictures of my perspective on these drum beats just for you to tell me it's not good from your or drum breaks just for you to tell yeah. me it's not good from your lunch break. Like, kind of a. Kind of a cool line, yeah. Honestly, like uh, in terms of like uh, just a hip hop line, and like the way he delivers it is like so uh, aggressive. Like I love his delivery on that part of the track, but I like, do too. Um, yeah, it falls in line. Like this is something that I've kind of been seeing recently after this album dropped too, in a couple of like clips from live performances too. He seems to be kind of embracing this like um, rich people are people too type yeah. of mentality where it's like you know like yeah that's true <laughs> and I agree and like I rich people Tyler, are people yes my <laughs> yeah that is very true yeah <laughs> and I don't think Tyler the Creator is even the you know type of rich person that uh you know the tax the rich type of movement is like going after it's like he's you know what i mean like he's rich but he's not elon musk jeff bezos rich you know what i mean like exactly so like like i i get why he's complaining about it but i'm also like you don't need to be complaining about this dude nobody's really thinking about you when they're we're talking about this stuff and then also like that whole thing like just for you to tell me it's not good for your lunch break i'm like oh my god like this is this is a thing that I don't like seeing. Um, yeah, 
in um it happens a lot in hip-hop another bummer any, for sure yeah any musician anybody that is that has found success found wealth in 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 whatever saying this kind of stuff about like oh you know you don't get to tell me what you think because you don't make as much money as i do it's like uh-huh. all right man like people are just trying to like you know people are just are just trying to do their their thing listen to your music and tell you what they think like it's not that it's i yeah and i'm not trying to say that artists can't like it, it it must you know be really hard to hear from thousands like at tyler's level thousands of people that you know love your album and and find it inspiring and like some people make careers off of it and like some people it saves their lives and stuff like that happens with artists it must be really hard to go on the flip side and find you know uh like a, a group of people that are also like this is terrible why would you do like that yeah it's got to be really hard to hear that i don't doubt that but i'm kind of like do you have to make it about that like really like <laughs> yeah i in in also, to be fair, you know, some criticism does go beyond the pale. Like, you know, some criticism, oh, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. actually is just hate manifested as fake criticism. And, you know, we try to be as fair as we can on this podcast. And obviously, we think it's fine to share your opinion on an, a, a song or an album. But, like, as long as you're being respectful, I, I suppose, about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah. What, what was funny about that line to me and who knows what Tyler's talking about specifically because he's probably heard thousands of critiques of his records and his work over the years, but the lunch, especially for his stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. His, uh, and I kind of want to get into that in a minute, uh, given what he talked about on manifesto, but, uh, the lunch break aspect of that line specifically um recalls to me a uh, a classic dead end hip hop video where they're reviewing goblin and they're just for the most part trashing that record and they're they're doing it outside of an office building in the middle of the day which makes me think like all oh. of those guys were probably on lunch <laughs> doing it so that who funny. yeah so who knows if he's referring to that uh, that review or not but at the same time that album came out 10 years ago and um you know that that it would be weird if he was referring to that versus something maybe more recent with some of his more recent work. But uh, you know, I I thought that was funny because I'm like I think I know precisely what he's talking about here. Um, that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, now yeah, that we're kind of talking about some of the content, um, unless you had final thoughts on uh, what we just said. No, I I was just gonna say I I just get tired of this whole thing of like. It's this like I'm living life better than you type of thing, mm-hmm. you know that that sometimes uh, um, artists will will throw out there and it, any I I'm just I'm never gonna be like oh that was cool like right you know yeah exactly and it kind of sucks to hear somebody do that kind of stuff especially because I like I have good memories of Tyler being the up and coming you know uh, person who wasn't successful yet and uh you know and so it's a bummer when those people do become super successful 
uh, and just kind of, you know, crap on the less successful people, you know, yeah. that, that, that's always kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. but now that we're kind of talking about some of this album's content from the, the conceptual aspect of the record to maybe some more specific topics he addresses here and there, I thought Manifesto, which is sonically maybe my favorite song on the entire record, thanks to yeah. the, the Nazareth Savage Nas sample, uh, the Damo Genesis feature where he just... He oh fucking God. snaps. Um, honestly, one of my favorite, maybe more subtle musical decisions by Tyler, the creator, is not only doing that beat switch, mm-hmm. but using that beat switch as a way to introduce... It's like, not only does the beat switch, but the the rapper switches. All of a sudden, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now Damo is spitting all over this new beat. It, it, I thought that was kind of subtle. Like, it, it, Tyler could have continued rapping while the beat switched, but the fact that he use that switch to change during the featured verse, I thought was actually kind of brilliant. Um, but yeah, so I love the way the song sounds, but the content is pretty interesting because it's about one of our favorite topics here on the Under the Scope podcast. It's about uh, mm-hmm. cancel culture. It's about uh, social media. You know, the intro of the song is basically him kind of mocking... Uh, I believe he says like uh, like white women specifically, uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. wanting him to tweet about Black Lives Matter, and he's just kind of like, nah, you know, like I'm not doing that. I believe he uh, his uh, it says uh, suck my dick. I believe was the response there uh, to his yeah. own uh, straw man character he uh, put up there. But he, you know, throughout the song, he mentions. <laughs> It's weird. He touches on a lot of things. He touches on race and he touches on like, he does like support, you know, BLM and is anti, you know, police brutality and all of that. But he also brings up some of, he's like, I was canceled before cancel culture was a thing. And he mentions his Selena Gomez tweets from, you know, a decade or so ago when he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's kind of conflicted about whether or not he actually should speak up on issues because according to him when he does speak up it it kind of leads to trouble for him i don't know what you thought about all of that um but i i kind of thought it was an interesting song because there's just so much going on <laughs> yeah it's crazy because it's like uh, you at, at first it's like you don't you don't think it's anything other than just like a just an awesome like hype track. yeah yeah, yeah. it's sick uh, it really is <laughs> And then you kind of realize he's like talking about all this stuff, and I don't know. It, it's like he does have like some level of like self awareness and insight to this that I'm like, I think is, I think is interesting, and like, I think I mean Tyler's like a really smart guy with pretty much everything, so it's like. He really he knows what he's doing in terms of like you know the lyrics that he writes, but he also knows what he's doing in terms of like the type of person that he wants to be and the way that he approaches these social issues and stuff. Like I, I don't think that he's ignorant at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that there's some level of like. I don't know. There's there's some level of like selfishness and stubbornness to this that is like it's I it's not unexpected 
Um, but it's a bit of a bummer, I guess. It's like, yeah. you know, it, it, I didn't expect Tyler to be like, oh, I'm going to apologize for everything that I <laughs> said in the past like that would be that would be very shocking yes <laughs> but like i don't know i'm kind of like he like purposely is like making fun of people they're like you need to say something and that's that and i agree tyler does not need to say correct. anything correct about this stuff it's not his obligation to speak up on any social issues or you know, it's not even his obligation to stop being offensive. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, especially if the reason is like, well, hey, you're black. Why aren't you talking about Black Lives Matter? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, especially yeah. if that's your angle, that's that's not yeah. great. So well, and him him pointedly being like, you know, white people trying to tell him to speak up about it is mm. like not a good thing like and i i would agree with that like yeah <laughs> white people should not be telling black people to speak up on issues that really actually only concern them yeah <laughs> yeah like, that's yeah i i'm i'm in agreement with them there but um um what am i trying to say yeah basically like on this like he touches on it to a point where that's like you know he's actually questioning like am i actually doing enough am i not doing enough like Mm-hmm. Um, he touches on it like very lightly, and then he's like, "Ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna do yeah. what I want to do." Um, yeah, there was. I I think that some people really like that about him. I think some people are like, "Yeah, that's like you know, we shouldn't be expecting all of these you know black artists to to be like dedicating their whole lives to these causes that have been affecting them for their entire lives already." Like. You know, I I think that some people like that, and I think that there's a point to be made there. But he doesn't really go into it very far. He's just kind of like, he's kind of like, um, reinforcing kind of this like toxic view. I think of like, um, eh, whatever, just do what you want, and who cares what everybody else thinks? You know what I mean? It's like. I don't know. There's not really a lot of thought beyond that, it seems like. Yeah, it's weird because, once again, there's something like more nuanced under the surface that I would love to see explored more, but ultimately it kind of ends up taking this more surface-level route or reaction. But I think there is something to... What I found interesting was, I guess, Tyler's perspective that, you know, he part of him doesn't want to speak up because when he has spoken up about various things in the past he's gotten criticized for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's natural human tendency to, you know, if you get criticized for what you say, you're going to be less likely to speak up in the future. Uh, yeah. Most likely. But at this, I guess it's a bummer. I guess I would say if his reason for not speaking up about certain things is because like, well, I mean, I've said things in the past and people didn't like it, so I, I'm just done. You know, like, yeah. there's a difference. If he's tweeting about his Selena Gomez tweets or whatever, and now it's like, well, I mean, when I tweeted those tweets, people didn't seem to like it, so I'm going to keep quiet about certain things now. If that's the reason, to me, that's yeah. a bit of a bummer. But, yes, once again, to, to clarify, he's not – No, I don't think anyone is obligated to say anything about anything. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just a bummer if your reason is 
I, I guess the reason he kind of implies on this song, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I I think, you know, too, like maybe that's part of like part of on the cancel culture community, right? Like yeah. that's that is probably where um it's kind of failed in some ways where it's like discouraging people f- to um, learn from their mistakes and, you know, try to grow mm-hmm. from like all this like stupid shit that they've said in the past or done or whatever. Like, and instead it's just wanting to punish people and be like, you did this bad thing back in 2011. So you're a bad person, right? Like it does have that, like, it does have that level of, uh, even though I don't think it's intended to be like that, I, it does definitely have that kind of community to it, mm-hmm. kind of a holier-than-thou, self-righteous type of thing. So, you know, to some extent, like, I get what he's talking about, but, like, it's getting kind of frustrating because I think that there's a lot of interesting, like, ways that people can talk about that um, level of cancel because it's not, it is by far not perfect right um but like nobody's choosing to actually kind of like talk about it in a way of like look like this is a a good idea but you guys need to like settle down on certain things you know um especially white people blah 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 like nobody's choosing to do that instead they're just kind of being like you guys are stupid. I'm going to do what I want. Like, <laughs> if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Like, uh-huh. it's kind of like, and I don't know, maybe that was, maybe, maybe cancel culture, like Twitter, uh, cancel culture style was doomed from the start, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it does kind of suck in, uh, in, in that way where it's like, feel like we're getting nowhere <laughs> with either side here yeah and you know he mentions in the song you know i was canceled before cancel culture was a thing and i can't help but notice are you canceled when most of this album is about how successful you are um (laughs) well i will say i mean like he definitely was right because he was banned from the uk for yeah there's a legitimate actual yes like was (laughs) not allowed to travel literally canceled yeah i believe he was not allowed to go to australia at some point um yeah but i guess from a a court of public opinion standard right um i would say tyler the creator's general approval is higher now than it's ever been i think most Mm -hmm. people you know, in the past, you know, and we grew up in high school when Odd Future was the hot new thing. And, you know, people were, you know, what the heck is happening here? Uh, you know, not satanic panic per se, but a little bit of that as a well. Bit, yeah. yeah, as well as uh, just, oh my gosh, these, you know, I remember someone coming up to me in high school and being like, are you listening to odd future you know that's like devil music right and oh gosh i mean i listen to backwash now so like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so oh god yeah yeah you and, and check out these playlists right into the year stuff exactly yes. <laughs> yeah Jesus. i'm like it's like if only they knew uh what i listen to now but right. um yeah it, it, but this is a nice example i guess about just Tyler, the creator, did and said some things in the past that were that rightfully deserved criticism, and he was rightfully called out for those things. 
and over time, Tyler seems to have matured and acted in a, a, a better f- fashion, you know, over mm-hmm. years. He's demonstrated over a long period that he is a better person in those ways than he was when he was a teenager. And um, the, the canceled implies that you can never be uncanceled, but I think Tyler's kind of at that part. And so it ultimately comes back to where cancel culture is really just like holding people accountable for things that they've done. And, you know, if they demonstrate that they've been better then you know, we can be maybe a little more lenient on them in the future. But Mm -hmm. this idea that we're just supposed to like, anytime you hold anyone accountable or criticize anything, they're canceled and we're bad for doing that. I don't know. Miss me with that. Yeah. That's a good point too. I, I feel like a lot of people, yeah, they like they overblow it. You know what I mean? Where people dig up like old tweets or old lyrics or whatever. Like, you know, like I will say to a certain extent, like that can be kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely a scale on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> the yes. old tweets or old lyrics are like really bad. And like, let's say they come from like a politician, right? Like, right. That is that's that's one thing. Obviously, like nobody should be saying that shit. But like, if old tweets are like semi-offensive and they're coming from like lyrics from an artist, like that's bad. We should probably be like, hey, like you know, do you want to talk about this? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this now? Um, things like that, but. I feel like sometimes, like, some of these artists, like, um, this is, like, a big thing in, like, the comedy world, too. They're like, you can't say anything anymore or else people are going to get, you know. And it's Not like, allowed to be funny anymore, Patrick. I, I don't know yeah. how you do it. You just can't <laughs> do it allowed. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's kind of this thing where, like, I, I don't see that. I don't see that happening at really at all. I, I see people definitely kind of... Um, you know, going around digging up tweets and like trying to be like, "Hey, what's going on with this?" And some people are are definitely trying to get their gotcha moment and stuff like that. But like, I don't think that you know, unless it's pretty egregious. For the most part, I think that people have been fairly safe from being officially canceled by yeah. some offensive shit that they've said in the past. You know what I mean? Like. I don't think that I, I, so I don't get where this whole thing is like, where they're like, you know, oh, I can't say anything because then you guys will just hate me forever. It's like, I, I don't get where this is really coming from because if the evidence shows anything, it's like people that, even the people that say like really bad stuff and like, Thing, like people dig up like bad tweets and, and stuff like that like if they've already had like a really solid fan base uh-huh. in the past they're gonna be fine you know we've talked about this already so I, I i think that people sometimes artists are are getting a little too like um i don't know a little too like precious with their state with with their own like bodies of work and being like Uh considering them as like infallible pieces of art and stuff like that and you shouldn't criticize it for the content i don't i don't know you know what i mean yeah like 
No, yeah, I I agree. This is this is great stuff, and uh, I I think we're uh, you're bringing up a lot of good points. Um, I love all this uh, this macro discussion for sure. Um, but I, I do want to get micro a little bit too. Just yeah, yeah kind of yeah. going into uh, some of the songs on this record. Just uh, just a simple like, what were some songs you liked that kind of stuck out to you in particular? Yeah, um, yeah. The one, yeah, one. The, right off the bat, um, I wanted to say Corso. Yeah, is like really freaking awesome, and this is I think the best iteration of. Uh, or the best use of DJ drama on the album. <laughs> it's just like, cause sorry, uh, Tyler like really lets him kind of like take control over, uh, the song and kind of MC it and like reintroduce him. And like, I, I think that the way that like he, whenever he comes in and he's like kind of commenting on how the song's going, you know what I mean? <laughs> like as it's going, he's like kind of commenting on like, yeah, you know, we came here to do it, right? Like that kind of stuff. Like, I love I it. I think it's, I think it's cool, and I think it's like there's a sense of humor to it that I think is really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that song is 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 awesome. Yes. Um, Lumberjack, mm-hmm. the the main single from this. I think is one of the best songs too. The production on both of those tracks yeah. is like, jeez, yeah. it's like this is like I was saying, like Igor kind of solidified Tyler as like an amazing producer for me. But this one is like it kind of is like elevating him to a level where I'm like, man, I, I'd like to see him just produce on. Uh, on yeah. some other albums now like, it doesn't happen as much as we would like you know that's a mm-hmm. a bummer um yeah i mean like i guess it's kind of a thing of like if he's going to produce it he wants to like have full control over it he kind of seems like that kind of artist where he wants like you know he wants to go all in on it like he wants to produce it he wants to like uh he wants to do a verse on it he wants to like you know mm-hmm so I, I don't, but yeah, I, I would really like to just see him kind of just do a dead focus on production for um, a project and see what comes out of it. Because I'm like, it's it's really interesting. It's There's some of the most interesting, he, he comes up with some of the most interesting production ideas that I've heard from anybody um, recently. It's it's really awesome. Yeah, and, and like, I think there's... I'm kind of thinking about it. You could argue he's one of the greatest hip hop producers of all time, but people may not necessarily think that way because he he you think of his production only on his own work, and so yeah. uh, you know someone like DJ Premier, for example, or you know Jay Dilla, Madlib, they've produced for a variety of artists. Um, but Tyler, you just kind of think of him producing his own work, and maybe that kind of hurts him as far as this you know, who's the best producer of all time, you know, discussion, but, uh, yeah, that's a good point too. Cause he does have a lot of influence in, um, kind of the more off beat hip hop crowd. Yeah. Um, production wise. I mean, that odd future style really kicked off a whole subculture of, of hip hop. And he has a lot of credit due, um, for the aesthetics of that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with uh, a couple of the songs you mentioned as some of your favorites. Uh, Lumberjack in particular, I thought, you know, I don't think of uh, Tyler that are, I guess I don't think of hooks uh, and choruses when I think of Tyler the Creator, but uh, yeah. that, that Rolls Royce pull up, Black Boy hop out, I that, I was like, that's actually like really catchy. So yeah, you, you showed some good uh, hook work on here. I was gonna say uh, on that track too. I, I this is something that he's done a couple. He does a couple of times on the album too. But <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Like when he stops out, the, oh my god, I never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> he the, is funny. The, he is funny. <laughs> yeah, the way he does that voice was just <laughs> it was just hilarious. Um, oh, um, but like, yeah, I. I was going to say he actually brings like a sense of humor to this project that um, like that kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like I guess back to like the odd future, like lawyer squad type of just weird, like <laughs> kind of humor that like he, it, he does bring that to this project sometimes. And I really like seeing that because he, he is a funny, he is a really funny guy and like he incorporates it so well in his music that. Um, like I'm literally laughing at that moment and then like, you know, 10 seconds later, it's like back to like hype shit. Yeah. Like, like I think it's Corso where at the, you know, it's kind of like a hype track and a couple beat switches and, and, you know, it sounds great. And I think it's on that song, but at the very end, he's like, I don't even like the word bitch. I just thought it sounded cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, he, yeah. he is funny and has been over the course of his career. And I, I think that's something uh, I often forget about because I'm often kind of focused on this sort of highbrow concepts of his records. And I just sometimes forget, like, he's actually just kind of a, a silly, like, those Thurnus Haley videos are just classic to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> absurd stuff. It's so absurd. Yeah, I do really like seeing that stuff on here too because it like it bring it does bring like even though Tyler's got some moments where like oh come on man mm-hmm. um, like with the things he says like it really like he really is showing like his whole personality um, on all of these on these projects like and and I th- I think it's so cool like it just it it really it makes you feel connected to him and it makes you just it, i don't know it's i i his i get why his fan base just loves him so much because there's he, he really does offer a lot of himself to them and um yeah and one other thing i was going to point out too that i really liked that he incorporated on this was um the way that he like kind of is encouraging like his fans like the whole like you can do it like you you know if mm-hmm. I want you to like like the thing he's like. I want you when you're staring at in your bedroom, staring at that ceiling. I want you to like hold on to that and like know that you can chase after your dreams. Like I know that that's a classic sentiment from uh, you know super successful celebrities and artists of the, the whole "if I can do it, you can do it" thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it it's uh, it's still something that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's positive. Saying, yeah, it's very positive, and it's also you know very true. They're they're people just like you know anybody else. I mean, Tyler's an incredibly talented person, so right. <laughs> there's you know there, there's obviously some elements of that, but like I do, I love seeing that, and I think that Tyler uh, he he just says it in a way that's like he's not like trying to be too heady about it. He's really just trying to like communicate to his fans, like, hey, I love you guys. I want you to succeed. 
um, just like I want to succeed, I want you to be living like how you want to live. Like I, I think that's awesome. So absolutely, yeah. He he created a career independently, his own way, blazed a trail, and so it, it's nice to hear him sort of inspire the youth that they can maybe do the same thing. I think that's that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, a, a couple songs that kind of stood out to me. Um, and maybe this is a single. I would assume it's a single because I, you know, I didn't really follow the album rollout or the the lead singles leading up to it. So I don't really know what's a single and what's not, to be honest with you. But uh, what's your name with? Uh, yeah, with uh, under the scope podcast legend, yeah. Ty Dolla Sign, who <laughs> once again is yep. just. <laughs> Unbelievable! It really like, is. We need to make it. We, we, there needs to be a mixtape <laughs> made just of his features, just so of the features. Because like... <laughs> I, I heard the Ty Dolla Sign album that came out last year, and I thought it sounded good, but uh, it was like twenty songs or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, this is kind of, yeah. kind of getting yeah. old a little bit. Um, but when you sprinkle a feature of him here and there, it works pretty much every time, and uh, mm-hmm. he sounds great here. And uh, shout out to NBA YoungBoy for sounding pretty good on his feature mm-hmm. too. I thought he was quite solid, but this is a kind of a, one of the more soulful, smooth songs on, on the record that kind of brought me back to flower boy, which uh, still might be my favorite Tyler record front to back. Um, but I, I loved that song. And then I guess another one that uh, kind of stood out to me, um, not even necessarily because it's one of my favorite songs, but you know, I've been talking about this mixtape aspect of the record and this sort of the mid 2000s was sort of the peak of mixtape culture in hip hop. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking greatest mixtape rappers of all time, the first name yeah. that comes up is Lil Wayne. And his feature on Hot Wind Blows, I was like yeah. I was like per- like perfect. It, this is ex- exactly what a mixtape uh, quote unquote, like a mixtape concept album or whatever, got to have Little Wayne on it, and you got to have a good Little Wayne on it. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he showed up here, and so I, I do want to give Little Wayne some credit because I've probably dogged him a lot on the uh, <laughs> on past episodes. I'm sure I have for some of his recent yeah. work, uh, but credit where credits due, he he did a great job here. Yeah, I loved his I loved his verse on it. He, it's just like when you get Little Wayne like. <laughs> in his element just like talking about you know lavish lifestyles and like um just kind of doing doing what he wants to do like it's he's like un, un untouchable basically yep you know like he he's it's really cool to and he's just got such a cool style that i love hearing him actually deliver on something but i yeah i've, I've definitely gotten to the point where i'm like if I hear Lil Wayne, I'm like, uh-oh, like, what's about to happen here? <laughs> but it's so exciting to, like, hear him, like, deliver. Because um, he, his particular brand, he does better than anybody whenever he does it well. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, something I, I wanted to bring up, this is kind of like a macro, back to a macro topic um, for a little bit here. Uh, there, there's a recent Dead End Hip Hop video. Uh, shout out to, shout out to Dead End Hip Hop, who I've referenced I think at least twice on this yeah. <laughs> episode here. Um, but they released a recent video called "The Drought in Hip Hop," 
and uh, the content. Speaking of Lil Wayne, hey, there it is. Yeah, should have been. <laughs> it should have been uh, the Drought Three in hip hop right. is what they should have uh, called that video. But you know, the content of that video was a couple months old now. This was actually before Tyler released this new record. Um, but sort of the 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 premise of the video is them having a conversation on the the whether or not there is a drought in hip hop music and it's not something i really thought about until i watched the video and then i kind of i i thought about it and i think you could argue that this is the best album by a quote unquote popular rapper in a couple of years i like maybe since igor you know um it depends on whether or not you would consider Denzel Curry or Run the Jewels or Freddie Gibbs like quote unquote popular. Yeah. But there isn't really like a uh, a undoubtedly popular or mainstream rapper kind of bringing it home with an album. You know, it's it's been four years since Kendrick's last album. Uh, recent right. Drake and J Cole records have been disappointing. Um, now, yeah, I hadn't really days. thought about this because a lot of my favorite artists, like in the underground, like Arm and Hammer or Rap Ferreira or anyone in Griselda, you know, they continue to bring it year after year after year. And so I haven't really thought about it, but it, it was kind of, and I don't, I don't want to say like hip hop's dying or it needs a savior or anything like that, but I, I did kind of think like this is maybe the most notable hip hop album to come out in a minute. Uh, as far as artistic quality and popularity. So I don't know what you thought about any of that. but Yeah, that is a very good point. Yeah, because I think that like the way that I've thought about hip-hop now as it is in like the pop world, I'm more just interested in the direction that it's heading mm. uh, aesthetically rather than like the output. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like... Like, like thinking about something like whole lot of red yes um which i think is pretty solid i agree i think it's underrated um, yeah yeah i think it is actually a pretty solid project and that that might be the most notable like in the current style you know what i mean mm -hmm. like type of hip-hop record right now like new generation not like j cole yeah. who might be kind of an older generation artist at this point but yeah i mean tyler might even be considered an older generation by some standards for sure know? i think i would yeah yeah um, so like let, yeah taking like whole lot of red as an example like i think is a pretty fascinating project aesthetically but like I don't really, yeah, I don't really think of it as a an artistic, like, I don't know. It, it's not a standout project, and I don't think I've had that with anything. Yeah, I don't think I've had that with any, like, modern hip-hop pop project. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I... I, this is the thing too. The way that people talk about hip hop now is so different than how we even used to talk about it. And we're not like so far removed from the current generation's like mm -hmm. um, exposure of hip hop. Like I feel like I can at least get what's going on. But it is like, 
it's kind of a weird thing to see. It's 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 this thing of like, um, it's definitely a lot different than it was when we were growing up. I mean, we we grew up through like the bling era. Yeah. So there's some elements of that, like that I, I think that allow us to kind of be like, oh, okay, we we've seen this before. We get what's happening here. Um, some of it's cool. Some of it sucks. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, I I. Yeah, through that era, there wasn't very many project like hip hop projects that came out that were, you know, that's a good point. Super memorable. Like I don't know, maybe this is an uncomfortable, another uncomfortable phase like that. But that's a really interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it's weird. Like all the, you know, and maybe this is just I'm getting older, and I'm sure that's a big part of it. But for me, all the. And I don't even know if it's just me because I think there's like a consensus of maybe this as well, uh, even with younger fans. But I'm looking at some of my favorite hip hop records over the past couple of years, and it's either super underground artists or artists that are kind of in this borderline older generation at this point. Um, and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm interested to see where hip hop goes. And at, just to reiterate, I'm not like. Oh, the genre's in trouble. It's dead. Yeah. Rock and roll is dead. You know, had to bring yeah. that shit up again. Um, but, you know, nothing like that. But it, it was something I thought about when I listened to this album. I was like, you know what? Yeah. This is probably, I mean, J. Cole's the most popular rapper, <laughs> like, to release an album this year. But this is probably, this Tyler record is probably the most, like, um, if you're notable yeah notable in terms of not only popularity but artistry and you know creative uh right. creativity uh all of that actually being interesting yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah jay cole yeah. released an album but as far as albums that are interesting uh yeah. the tyler the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like maybe this is just um the thing with hip-hop like maybe it's kind of this thing of like um you know every few years there's a period of time where Mm -hmm. a lot of artists just kind of play around and experiment and just like forget about you know or or maybe not forget about but just kind of like don't don't think too much about what's happened before and just think and just kind of focus on like doing stuff what that they want to do doing stuff that they find interesting using like current like uh, social and cultural dynamics with like technology changes and things like that to just kind of experiment around and have fun. Maybe that's part of what it is. And, and, and then, you know, maybe a few years from now we start getting an influx of artists that are like groundbreaking again, you know, like just mm-hmm. one after the other. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. I, I feel like I, I want to be hopeful that that, is the case but it is definitely a weird it does feel like a a very strange period of hip-hop or like i think i can tell kind of where it's going but i honestly don't know like yeah no that's a a great point because i mean i know people are evolving on the style a little bit uh you know like playboy cardi again for example but this general aesthetic it's been going on for a few years now mm-hmm. and um and so i appreciate the artists that are trying to push it forward and, and i wish there were more of them but i i would say just a huge 
elephant in the room disclaimer on this whole conversation. We would be remiss if we did not mention that like COVID probably had a huge impact on this too. And um, so some of this may just be, you know, artists being able to tour and just have more freedom to work and create. And, uh, you know, after COVID, maybe this conversation sounds like entirely dumb in a couple of years. But well, that's a good point, though. Like, you know, COVID COVID did that, I guess. Right. It, it, It kind of breaks down uh the absurdity of some of the like of of some of like the subject matter and and artistic choices that are that happen in like in music like if somebody's singing about uh or, or rapping about like these super lavish lifestyles and like um partying all the time and you know whatever like um <laughs> during covid that, like yeah uh-huh that doesn't really translate you're not partying you're not going out having fun like you're not going to shows like i guess you know that maybe people will be hungry for a little bit more substantial content i don't know but also maybe maybe fun is more important than ever now too you know yeah no that's, i don't know that's a good point and uh, yeah, an extra sort of uh, twisting of the knife when uh, it is during COVID when uh, Tyler's complaining about paying taxes. Um, just yeah. another element. Yeah, that's yeah. Just another element to that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of bring up before we transition over to final thoughts? Wow. Yeah, we we filled up some time on this. Yeah, we're at uh, sixty nine minutes, and wow. uh, if we if we were less comedic. Um, <laughs> we might make a point of that, but we're I don't just... know what it would be. But I like, I, I, I think I, I like what you're saying here. <laughs> I'll have to think about that one. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh, nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Feel free to hit the retweet on that. I'm, you know, I'm. They say you can't be funny anymore, but I think I just was. So, well, this is how we get our fans. Absolutely, God, we are so good. Uh. <laughs> Um, yeah, is there, is there anything that, uh, you know, big picture, small picture, anything you wanted to mention? Uh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words right now. Sorry, man. I, I, it's still just that high-level joke. If you didn't get it, maybe rewind yeah, and yeah, you're like... I think that's what I'm recovering. I'm like, uh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think we can kind of transition back into the into talking about the album and wrapping that up, basically. Yeah, I um, you know, I don't. I don't have much more to to say on my end uh, before I kind of final thoughts myself here. But I would. I would like to say again, from like a critical perspective, it this doesn't feel right to me that this album is comfortably his best Metacritic score. It has an 89 out yeah. of 100, and second place is uh, Flower Boy with an 84 out of 100. Igor is at 81, I believe. And it, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel right to me that, like, if you aggregated critical opinion, the best, mm-hmm. the Tyler the Creator album is Call Me If You Get Lost. And that, that doesn't really feel right to me because while I do like this album a lot... Um, this doesn't feel like a, uh, you know, we talk, we've talked about, uh, this is an older podcast episode at this point, so our opinions may have changed, but we've talked about the idea of like a creative genius or a musical mm-hmm. genius. And I think Tyler, the creator has a good argument to 
be called that. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure that this album is like exhibit A or even exhibit B of that. You know, like if I'm arguing that Tyler's a musical genius, maybe this is like my fourth or fifth argument. You know, I'm not leading with uh, Call Me If You Get Lost as like, yeah, this yeah. is Tyler at his most creative, his most genius, as much as I do like this record. Uh, so I don't know. I, I found it interesting that like 20 years from now, people may be looking for older music to listen to and they may do they may do so by looking at you know consensus critical opinion of his work and they may notice like oh well seems to me according to critics the best album is call me if you get lost so i'm going to start there and i don't yeah. know that just doesn't feel right to me so i don't know yeah that's a good point yeah i would i don't know why i don't know why people like this so much more than you know they're like i, I get that like your is polarizing i guess to some extent mm -hmm. like but i'm also kind of like well what tyler the creator project isn't polarizing like <laughs> right. you know like this one this one may be his most accessible I yeah maybe that's what it is maybe this one this one does seem to be his most accessible project yet actually yeah it might just be that simple yeah yeah and it is really it is really solid yes um so i don't blame people for loving it but yeah it's like it's crazy 89 9.0 user score like yeah it just it doesn't seem right to me and that's not to say that they're wrong it's just yeah <laughs> it's kind of a weird feeling in my gut like okay i get is this the tyler album i don't know but yeah um, yeah i mean he's got really like so the past three albums have very solid um consistently like solid scores so it's not like saying it's like um like definitively people are like this is the best one but yeah it's definitely like um it's definitely getting a lot more like praise than i might have expected it to yeah this is like his last couple of records are like his most conceptual creative highbrow mm -hmm. whatever he won a grammy for igor and so mm -hmm. to me this album feels more like a victory lap than anything uh, yeah yeah same here yeah i don't know yeah yeah, yeah it, it, i don't know so I, I, there's a lot i've been pondering about as i've been listening to this album so i'm, I'm glad we uh, took the time to you know go in on this one episode um with this one album i think that yeah, yeah i'm glad we did it this interesting, way interesting artist to talk about tyler the creator is always an interesting musician to just think about uh, yeah super fascinating on a on a yeah. micro and macro level so you know always love talking about him here um I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just kind of final thoughts myself here um pretty pretty solid record i would say uh not a lot of moments where i'm blown away um I could honestly, I could do without maybe run it up or rise. Um, mm. Not that they're awful, but there's a couple of nothing burgers to me. Um, but I do like a, a majority of the songs here from, you know, what's your name, lumberjack uh, manifesto. At least, I mean, we had the whole conversation on that. I think, you know why I like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Wilshire, which we did not talk a lot about, but we, you know, it's more or less covered in our con, uh, when we talked about the concept of the record, it's just sort of a, uh, a throwback to a type of storytelling hip hop song that I don't hear much anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. so I really appreciated that plenty of good songs on here. Only a couple of throwaways that said, um, 
I think the concept is it, it is existent, but you know, there's not much more I can praise on that end. Um, it, it's not the most interesting concept he's ever done. Uh, you know, lyrically, there's a little bit to be desired here too. The production is pretty fantastic across the board. I love the uh, the rap mixtape feel of the record. Um, so I'm, you know, honestly though, like one of the biggest crimes this album commits to me is, and it's weird to say this about a title of the creator album, but I do kind of find myself tuning out uh, as I'm listening. You know, I just kind of, all of a sudden mm -hmm. I, I, I wake up so to speak and I'm like, Oh shoot, four minutes has passed and I wasn't even paying attention. And so this, I don't think this is his most captivating record. Uh, but there is a lot to like about here. I've been struggling to decide whether I want to give this a seven or eight. And because I've been struggling on that, it, it, it's probably right that it's a seven. So that's where I'm mm. landing on that. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, fair enough. I, I, I really like all of your points on that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really, this is a really great one to talk about. I'm really glad that we dedicated a lot of time because like I do feel similarly to you. Mm. Um, and even though I honestly don't think that the subject matter talked about on this record deserves a full, you know, hour plus podcast to talk about it, Tyler, just as an artist and, um, I mean, his production and his growth as a person and an artist and the way he interacts with his fans, like all of this stuff, um, definitely. I needed some time to kind of chew on it and think about how I feel w about it in conjunction with this project. And, um, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think that it's pretty solid and there's a couple of tracks on here that are like awesome. And like, mm. um, I was thinking like, yeah, like this was the thing I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get into it through this. I was thinking um, a few tracks on here that I was like, yeah, whenever people are back going to concerts or like partying yeah. and stuff like that, this is going to, some of these tracks are going to be awesome. Um, and I think that this is part of the thing too. Um, it, it just feels a little bit like this wasn't really the album that, we kind of needed right now <laughs> like hearing tyler kind of like talk for this most of the album about his lavish lifestyle and you know how great it is to be him and you know even though he does do some really like encouraging messages of like i want you to to know that like since i I chased my dream. I want you to be, to chase your dream and things like. And I I do really appreciate that sentiment and I like that. Um, I mean, it, just the timing of it is kind of like I don't think that. I think people just kind of want to be related to it right now. You know, I, I maybe yeah. some people want to just have fun. Maybe okay. I'll, I won't. Say, I won't put this on other people. For me, I kind of wanted. Um, I, I'm not really looking for music where I'm hearing people being like, this is how great my life is uh -huh. right now. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm more kind of wanting stuff that's like, 
a little bit more connecting on an emotional level or it doesn't even have to be like about the past year or anything like that but it just it it doesn't feel like good timing uh to me i'm um super excited to catch tyler and outside lands this this year yeah um, in october i'm really excited for that and i think that some of these tracks are going to be like a blast to to um, here and it's going to be a lot of fun to finally be at a concert and that's going to be great but right now i'm still not in that mode you know and it's <laughs> truly spoken by someone whose favorite album of last year was punisher by phoebe bridgers that's <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i should have just said that it's just been like well, my favorite album was Punisher, so this didn't connect. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much says everything it needs to. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to like have fun and again, but I, I just it, it's really hard to connect with his album sometimes when he's talking about yeah, like flying to Switzerland and eating French vanilla ice cream on a yacht and like. Paying taxes. I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! And then he has the audacity to be like, "Oh, it's too much in taxes." I'm like, "Dude, read the goddamn room for a second. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. that being said, this album is like a lot of fun. Um, whenever I just allow myself to not be, you know. When I allow myself to just kind of kick back and not think too hard about it, it's a blast. Yes. Um, and I think that there's definitely something to be said there. And um, But, yeah, overall, it just doesn't connect as hard as I wanted it to. And But I love Tyler um, as an artist. I think that he's super interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still impressed, but... Yeah, I think it's a seven out of ten for me as well. Interesting. It, it's possible okay. that this could grow to an eight. Like as the summer goes on, and like I could see it definitely like picking up steam. But right now, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, I agree. This is like I said, it's borderline seven eight for me, and you know, a handful of sevens make my top fifty at the end of the year, and this is looking like it, it'll make the cut. You know, who's to say what comes out in the next few months, but. Uh, this is a memorable record in some aspects. Uh, I'm just not sure if it's uh, on that uh, that next tier that I would like it to be. So yeah. that's going to be an average of 7 out of 10 from us. Uh, I had a 7 out of 10. You had a 7 out of 10. It doesn't take a math major to figure out that average, though it is worth noting I was a math major. Um, <laughs> 7 out of 10 average there. Uh, Patrick, thank you for joining me on this uh uh, yeah. this dissertation slash podcast episode, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, I had a lot of fun. Thank you all, all right. for listening. And um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>